Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley. I'm a physician and I changed careers back in the early 2000s. I found it very difficult. So after I figured out my own path, I made it my mission to help other physicians who were looking at a potential career change. Today on our podcast, we have a really exciting guest. Her name is Dr. Eliza from Minimal MD, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her story, what she does, and a little bit more about life and how she sees it. So welcome, Eliza. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Michelle. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I, uh, I, I obtained my BA. That was in 2008. And I, I did my residency. It was a very intense residency. And then I worked uh, part-time for about five years. And by part-time, I mean two or three days a week um, on average. And then 15 months ago, I left my clinic job to move to the Midwest with my family. So now uh, my day job is uh, hiking <laughs> and things like that. And I, I also do several side gigs. Um, sometimes I consult for uh, pharmaceutical companies, and I also do a little bit of locums work um, for a friend in town just one or two days uh, per month on average. But I've had a really great uh, 15 months of uh, just traveling with my family and kind of exploring other interests, and uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Wow. You know, I am sure that many of the physicians listening to this are so jealous hearing that because a lot of us, that's what we dream about doing is just leaving it all behind and going and living the life that we really feel like we want to with our family and friends and getting to spend time with nature and really taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. while still serving Um, in different ways. So what prompted the change? I mean, did you just have an aha moment one day or did it take time? Yes. Well, when I was an intern, um, I got pregnant uh, three weeks into my my intern year and I was working really hard, um, you know, doing my 80 hours a week every week. And, uh, you know, at that moment, I I kind of decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work part-time, I think, after residency. And then later in residency, I had more of that aha moment where I thought, you know, wow, this is really impacting my, my health and it's impacting my family and it's not what I'm going to do, you know, until I'm 70 years old. You know, I need, I need to have a little bit of space and kind of reclaim, um, who I am, you know, Mm -hmm. apart from, apart from medicine, which kind of, you know, can really take over if you, um, especially in residency, you know, so that, that was my aha moment. And of course, when you have that aha moment and you're a resident, you don't really have a lot of flexibility, (laughs) but uh, I, I think what most uh, people don't realize is that when you're an attending, you have a lot of flexibility. And um, one of the things I want to always point out in these conversations is that you have more flexibility if you have financial independence um, than you do if you're drowning in debt. So um, one of the ways, of course, to get out of debt or, you know, to make yourself financially independent is just to work a ton, right? So I could go out and, and I could have gone out after residency and worked, you know, five days a week or even six days a week and made a lot of money very quickly. Um, So that's one way to, you know, kind of 
get your finances on track is just to, you know, put your nose to the grindstone. And of course, the other way to get on track financially and give yourself more flexibility is to minimize your expenses. And um, on my blog, uh, I, I talk a lot about that, you know, kind of downsizing and cutting back on expenses just so that, you know, you don't have to put your nose to the grindstone as much, you know. Um, I, I, a few years ago, bought this 4,700 square foot house and it was great. Um, it was really beautiful. It was a neighborhood I wanted to be in. But um, I, I got a physician loan. I paid zero down. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't very uh, practical, you know. I mean, luckily, you know, I it wasn't a house that was beyond, you know, that it wasn't beyond my income range. You know, I, I think I needed to make, I think, $60,000 a year to qualify for this loan or something. It was really not much. But um, now I've downsized. I live in a 1,300-square-foot house that I pay cash for, 1,350-plus um, basement, and I have five acres of land. And instead of going to my job to pay off a big house, I go hiking in the woods in the morning, which is... It's definitely a different lifestyle, but it's something that I'm really loving. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, and you know, this is not a financial podcast, but I love hearing some of those tips that relate to practical ways to kind of change the way that you live your life and um, and your career. Because although you you're not working in a, a non-clinical career, although I think you do do some side gigs that are non-clinical and we'll talk about those. You've definitely sure. shifted to a career and a life that you love. And that is what I am all about and we're all about here. Um, so that's really cool. T so tell me, when did you realize about this debt thing and, and not spending so much money? Because it sounds like you did go out and buy the big house. And then was it again yeah. during residency? Yeah. Well, I, I think even when, when I bought the house, I was trying to be more financially responsible and I, I had a budget and every month I was paying off, you know, a lot of money on my student loans, you know, that like, you know, upwards of $10,000 a month on student loan principal. Good. But then of course, because I was paying all that principal, I didn't have any money for the down payment. That was the problem, right? I had no mm -hmm. savings because every month I'd get paid and send it all to my student loan, you know, servicers. But, um, it, it it worked out with the house in the end, but I, I think a lot of people, when they shift over to that first job out of residency, they they choose something, you know, that or they, they choose lifestyle um, choices that that really lock them in to a, a more high paying clinical career, right? So then they don't have the flexibility to, tra to transition into something else that they would like, whether that's, you know, writing or coaching or, um, you know, a different career altogether, you know, in the arts or um, education or whatever. Um, if you, if you're tied to a large mortgage and a car payment and a country club, then you can't, you know, take time off to, move into a different career the same way you could if you were um, financially independent. Yeah. Oh, so true. And that is something we talk about a lot because it is a big obstacle for people. There's a certain yeah. amount of money that someone might have to make and um, identifying sure. that amount is crucial to deciding what to do moving forward one to three to five years from now. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how yeah. then were you able to just leave your job and, and move? Did you just quit and you guys found a house and you moved there or was it more yeah. gradual? So, 
Well, it's it, it's an interesting situation. So my husband um, is not retired. I, I talked to him about this frequently. In fact, we were having this discussion last night and I was like, you could retire. And he's like, no. I was like, well, you could take a sabbatical because he's a teacher. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, okay. So he, he loves his job. And in fact, he, he just got this job two, two years ago. So he was like, can we move to the Midwest? And I was like, okay, sure, we, we can. Um, so I, you know, I ran the finances, um, realized that that was going to work, you know, for him, for us to move here and, you know, that we were financially independent, that I didn't need to work. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take this time to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, you know, because I'm, I was in my early thirties and, you know, that's a lot of time, you know, it's a lot of time still for me to find what I want for my, my second career or my side gig or whatever. Um, I, I have done a lot this, these past 15 months. Um, like I mentioned, I, I do do some locums, some clinical work still, and I've volunteered at some free clinics, things like that. And then I, I do work for a pharmaceutical company. I do consulting, um, where I, you know, um, explain uh, the you know the benefits and the side effects of, of FDA approved drugs to other physicians and I really like that um, and I've thought more about you know kind of going into the pharmaceutical realm and that's a possibility for sure and then I, I just started blogging um, that it, I don't know if it, you'd call it a side gig because I'm, I'm not you know generating income with it but I'm certainly having a lot of fun and I'm connecting to a lot of people um, so I'm, I'm trying a lot of new things I'm learning new skills um, and I'm really excited just for the possibilities that are ahead, you know, in the upcoming years. And I think every year will be probably different. And my hope is to um, continue to learn and continue to connect to people and to continue to uh, pursue the interests and, uh, um, you know, and, and the opportunities as they come. Oh yeah. Gosh, there's so much hope in that. It gives me chills just to yeah, hear. I know. I, I feel like I'm 17 all over again. <laughs> You know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> what I, do I, I want to be? <laughs> <laughs> what a blessing to be able to just think that you wanted to try some other things and, and actually be able to, when you are young enough to be able to conceivably have two or even three more careers. Sure. So it's so yeah, neat. It was a wonderful opportunity. And, you know, in addition to thinking about what I want to do later, um, I also have spent a ton of time traveling. I took my kids out of school last year and we, we went all through the Eastern U.S. and the Southern U.S. and the Central U.S. And then I, I took them uh, by myself to uh, Iceland and France and Scotland and England. And then my husband could, came with us and we went to Denmark and Sweden. So just, we've had all these really kind of once in a lifetime experiences, you know, but then it was just, then the next week we turn around and go have more, you know what I mean? Yeah. We fly home for a couple of weeks and then we fly back to Europe and um, just the, the ability to um, have that flexibility and to show so much of the world to my kids already. Um, they were six and eight last year. So um, being able to take them all those places and um, just really give them hands-on history and culture um, was really awesome. So oh. that was probably my favorite thing about last year. Yeah, that is so awesome. Uh, so one thing that you said that I really want to delve a little bit deeper into is that you started blogging and a lot of us are looking at ways to really communicate to the world some of our perspectives and help other doctors that are out there with just the things that we feel have helped us. 
So you mentioned sure. minimal MD and your blogging. And interestingly, when I was looking you up a couple of days ago, I stumbled on Minimalist MD and I got very yeah. confused because I thought that was you, but then I, I found some other things. And so tell us a little bit about Minimal MD and about this confusion. Sure. So when I was uh, starting my blog, that was in April of this year, um, I you know, was looking for names that would reflect who I am and what my message uh, was going to be. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I want to convey a lot about minimalism and I want it to show also that I, you know, that I have an MD. So I, I put in minimalist MD. I wanted that to be my my name, but it was already taken by a, a private physician. So instead, I have the shorter, which is, I guess, even better, right, for a minimalist, um, the shorter minimal uh, MD. Yeah. Um, so hopefully people can find that, the minimalmd.com, and that's my um, that's my web address. And then on Facebook, I, my, my page is also minimalmd. And then at Twitter, I'm at minimalmd. So all my stuff is consistent. It's just there are other people, um, I think, with a similar interest as well. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you talk about on your blog? So I, I talk about um, financial independence and early retirement. And I also talk about travel and uh, um, about downsizing and minimalism and travel. I think my, my recent post was how to fit three weeks worth of uh uh, clothing and whatever you needed for travel in a small personal item um, because I like to go very lightly <laughs> when I travel so I don't have to carry everything mm -hmm. uh, especially considering you know I have the kids with me so um, I make them carry all of their stuff um, but it's very light very minimal um, so that, that's what it's mostly about mostly about um, financial independence and traveling and uh, um, and things along those lines. Yeah, that sounds really neat. I think people can learn a lot from it. I know I would love to read about traveling lightly because I always try to, but I never succeed. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I posted the, the photo of, you know, the three little tiny backpacks that, you know, my kids and I carried for this three-week Iceland, Scotland, England trip. And, uh, and everyone's like, what did you pack? What, you know, give me an, a list. So I, I wrote down every little thing, you know what I mean? How many pairs of socks and, you know, toothbrushes and things like that, that I, that I brought with us for our trip. So hopefully, hopefully that helps someone. But um, my next post is going to be about a mega uh, Roth conversion. So definitely some finances. Um, in there as well. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really going to be helpful. So what do you um, like best about your life? I mean, I can guess a few things, but can you nail it down to one thing or is it there just too many to count? Sure. Um, I would say it's the, the flexibility, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I, I left my, my, you know, I guess three day a week clinic job. And it's, you know, when I was doing that, it, I, I was at a great practice and I was wonderfully supported. Um, but still, you know, it, it was something I, I had to do every week. And now um, with the locum uh, position, it's, it's different, right? I don't have to go every week. You know, they call me, you know, sometimes and say, Hey, you know, can you work an afternoon, you know, three weeks from now? And, you know, if I'm, if I have a trip planned to, to Denmark, I say, well, no, I can't, you know what I mean? Um, and if I don't, if I'm just going to be, you know, hiking in the morning, I could go to clinic in the afternoon or vice versa, you know, then I, then I go, you know? Um, so it, it fits my lifestyle a lot better, um, having that flexibility and, um, 
it allows me to do the traveling that I've wanted to do. And that said, you know, um, I, I don't want to travel all the time. So this year, my kids are back in school. They really wanted to go and um, and try the local schools here. So they're doing that. I'm trying to travel one week out of the month, you know, that way I'm here for them some and also um, get, get a little bit of that um, experience as well. Yeah. Oh, but that's mostly great. it's the, the flexibility, you know. Absolutely. That's what I value too and, and what I was always looking for. What's yeah. the What's the hardest part? about what you're doing now? Yeah, I would say it's isolation. So we moved to a completely new area. And now, um, and, and, you know, we spent last year mostly traveling. So we'd be coming to town and I'd, you know, meet people and, and I'd, then I'd say, oh, well, I'm not going to see you for a while because we're going to spend three weeks in Europe. And, you know, average people just don't do that. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, my kids, uh, you know, they weren't involved in sports and things last year because we were gone all the time. You know, you can't join a, you know, a baseball team or a soccer team and then just be gone. You know, you have to yeah. commit to those things. So, you know, they did not make a lot of um you know, they didn't really have a lot of strong friendships here and neither really did I because, you know, I was not, not around. So that, that would be kind of the hardest thing, you know, but on the other hand, we really did connect a lot with people that we hadn't seen in a while. So we spent a lot of time uh, with family and we spent a lot of time with friends that, you know, we hadn't seen in years. So like I, I spent my junior year abroad um, in England at Oxford, and I was able to go uh, on our trip to England and see several friends that I hadn't seen, you know, in, you know, 10 yeah. years. So, and introduced my kids to their kids and things like that. So um, definitely we, we gained a lot in terms of connection, but also we didn't really connect to our new community yet. Yeah. We haven't yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I can completely relate. We've moved a couple of times for my husband's job and every time we move, it takes at least a year, which seems like a really yeah. long time. But even mm-hmm. to start building those permanent relationships and having yeah. that familiarity with an area. So absolutely, I can see that. I mean, it's an adventure for sure, going to a new place and yeah. really fun. Yeah. But you yeah. do, you miss those connections that you enjoyed where you lived before. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, you know, like walking around Edinburgh and thinking, wow, I know this neighborhood about as well as I know my neighborhood back in the Midwest. <laughs> it's kind of sad, right? Like I yeah. know where the grocery store is and I know where the post office is. It's, you know, it's practically like I live here. You know, yeah. we, we started calling all the Airbnbs like our Icelandic home, our Scottish home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. little nomads. <laughs> yeah our danish home right <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah it's well so <laughs> what are what are some of the best resources for someone who may be listening to this and thinking that is the life i want to live and how do i do that sure um i uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, I have my website, uh, minimalmd.com, and certainly I have benefited from uh, connecting with a lot of other people in terms of, you know, financial independence and finance advice. Um, I, I look to uh, Physician on Fire and the White Coat Investor quite often, and um, certainly there are many um you know, support groups also and websites for physicians who are trying to lead their careers, a lot of coaches out there as well. So there, there are a lot of um, 
a lot of good um, resources. And I would personally be happy to talk to anyone, um, uh, you know, individually uh, via my website or also via Facebook um, at, at Minimal MD at my page, um, just to, you know, talk more or pe put people in touch with other uh, resources if they need more specific advice. But um, it's a it's great the way social media is connecting um, all of us, you know, so that we can hear each other's stories and be encouraged by other people who are ahead of us on the road and get feedback from people um, as well. It's really been great for me. And I hope to also be that um, coach or not in the sense of, you know, uh, career coaching in a defined way, but I guess maybe um, cheerleader or, or whatever for other people who are trying to uh, make the same transitions. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That is one of the best things about social media. I agree. And for all the cons, that is definitely a pro and it helps with the isolation. I bet you, when you're interacting oh, for with sure. people. Yeah. 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 Um, back when I transitioned, none of this existed. And so it is an improvement. And I really like the way that you said that, where there are a lot of people doing interesting things and we're able to offer encouragement to each other. That is definitely the way I like to think about it too. So um, that's just great. I love your perspective. Um, all right. Well, I think we've probably taken up enough of your time. So um, is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, I would say it's just don't, don't be afraid to make the leap, you know? Um, I, I think that m many times people are limited by their imagination, you know? And we, we look around culturally and we see people who go a certain path, you know, and that path is, you know, to, uh, especially medicine, you know, to, to do your clinical job until you're 65. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned earlier, to buy into a certain lifestyle that includes often a big house and, a, you know, a nice car and a, and a country club and all the, in a private school, expensive private school, all of these things. And, they're, they're absolutely the right choice for, for many people. But if that, if looking at that life does not make you excited, then there are so many other avenues in terms of second careers, in terms of early retirement, in, in terms of part-time work, you know, to give yourself the flexibility. Um, you need to, to enjoy the things that are important to you. So I guess my advice for everyone listening would just be to, to identify what your priorities are, what things are the most important, and then to be brave enough to make the shift um, because you're the only person who knows those priorities and, you know, you want to choose well. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it is so hard to look at the world and what a lot of people value and um, even it, nothing's right or wrong, but it's hard not to fall right. into doing what everyone does and what is culturally acceptable, big houses, buying lots of things. I mean, you know, going to the mall and seeing all the shiny new clothes and accessories and, and all of that. Yeah. And just really thinking about what makes you happy and what's going to help you long-term um, to be happy and live the life you want is um, I would say probably more important, but it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is. But I, I think that it, the more the more we talk about it, you know, about being intentional with those choices, and the more we, um, 
I guess, kind of appreciate that other people, you know, have different values, you know what I mean? And, and certainly, you know, we, I, I go to see some friends who are living a lifestyle that's very similar to mine. And I go to see other friends, you know, in their, you know, 12,000 square foot mansions. And, you know, it's, it's great to appreciate all different types of lifestyles and all different types of choices. And I absolutely do. Um, I, I just think that um, everyone needs to make those choices for themselves, you know, and not just um, kind of go along with the cultural norms because um, it doesn't fit for a lot of people. Oh yeah. You are an inspiration to me. I love it. Um, Okay. I'm sure you're going to be an inspiration to so many other people too. Um, and I hope people contact you. I will put all your contact information here. Um, and if you want to say your website one more time and your name so that people sure. know it, go for it. Sure. I'm, I'm Eliza, and my website is minimalmd.com. And my Facebook page is also minimalmd. And I would love, like I said, I'd love to hear from you and uh, join your stories too. Thank you. Thanks. It's been a pleasure, Michelle. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we are at the end of another episode of our podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time for another exciting guest and have a great day. Bye-bye.